Dave's uterus started cramping when you pulled out that list. <laughs> I thought that was good. And then good. you wonder why I'm in a shitty mood. <laughs> Hey, what's up, guys? On this episode of Drugs and Stuff, anti-estrogens. We talk all about uh, Arimidex, Aromacin, Letrozole, Tamoxifen, Clomid, and the list goes on. We discuss what these different drugs do, how they work. Uh, plus, one of our listeners set in some pictures, uh, and he asked us for a critique on his physique. Uh, we have a couple listener questions. And, okay, spoiler, about halfway through, I figure out that Dave's in really bad mood. So, as a friend... Naturally, I give him a bunch of shit for it. So all of that and a bunch more, we're going to do it right now here on Drugs and Stuff. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland. I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by True, True Nutrition. Dave, wake up. It's time for the show. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, guys, we have a bunch of stuff uh, coming up today. Uh, first of all, we are going to talk about uh, Best AI, uh, Best Anti-Aromatizing Agent uh, for your steroid cycle for TRT. We're just going to go over uh, basically all the ins and outs. Um, and we are, uh, after that, going to discuss, Dave, we have a, a listener critique a watcher critique. One of our Patreon guys uh, sent me over a bunch of his pictures and he asked us to critique him on the air. That guy's got some balls, man. <laughs> He's brave, very brave. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's the things like that, though. That's the kind of thing you can really push yourself forward. So we'll get to that. We have a couple of listener questions. Uh, we are recording this uh, at the Facebook uh, group. If you guys want to chime in with questions here, you're welcome to. If you're watching this on YouTube, feel free to comment below. We are going to take your questions on the following episode. Um, Dave, we've had some changes. We're running a new RSS feed, so meaning that uh, we are now on Think Big Bodybuilding Media. You can pick that up at Spotify, at iTunes, SoundCloud. Um, it's coming out. So there, it's in some places now. It's still uh, still being approved in others. But for those who like the audio podcast, everything will be coming out through Think Big Bodybuilding uh, moving forward. Uh, I know you've gotten a few questions, Dave, so I guess that's what you can uh, you can tell people if they ask. Yeah, mainly it was people. Um, obviously, we're a day late with the show coming out this week because of the changes. Um, and it was just, I think people were expecting to see it on Spotify yesterday, and they've gone, and obviously everything's gone off Spotify um, because we can't hold the archive there. So it's only the new show from this last week moving forward that's going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but obviously the show's out now, so I think they'll start to see it on Spotify again and, and uh, get back on with it. But yeah, that was it. Just a few people asked me about Spotify, and you know I'm not very technically minded. Yes. So that's the answer. Um, like I said, we do have a couple questions. We've got our critique. Uh, but to start us out, uh, we were going to talk about best AIs. Uh, we'd appreciate anything you guys have to say. What AI do you use? What is your go-to choice? Uh, you can also comment below with that. I think that Arimidex is probably probably across the board 
the one that gets used the most? What do you think, Dave? Yeah, I mean, we've got Adex, Rimidex, uh, we've got Letrozole, we've got Aromacin. I mean, they're your main three AIs. Um, and then obviously you've got your Serms. Um, most popular is Novadex, but you get um, uh, Raph is... Relaxative. Well, it all depends on... Yeah, it always depends on um, availability. Now, it's not something that's readily available in the UK, so people tend not to use it. Yeah. Is it is it more available in the States? Uh, the way I see it is um, the research companies. Research companies. We need we need to get you some coffee or something. Is that I've, I've, I don't know what's... I'm, honestly, <laughs> man, I can't stop yawning. I'm terrible I'm, today. I'm just giving you crap. Uh, yeah, we do. Um, like, we get a variety of all that stuff. So for starters, then uh, maybe we should uh, talk about what what's the difference between an, an AI versus a serum? Because, I mean, a lot of you guys, I'm sure, already know this, but I know we do get some some newer guys, uh, especially on the YouTube feed, that may need these uh, these explanations. Okay, well, obviously an AI is short for aromatase inhibitor. So what an AI does is it prevents the production of aromatase. Aromatase is the enzyme that converts testosterone to estrogen. Yeah. So your two main AIs are letrozole, which is 96% efficient, I believe, and ADEX, which I think is about 86% efficient. So letrozole is the most powerful of the two. Um, generally, letrozole would not come into use unless you had a severe gyno issue or you needed to get your estrogen down fast. Some people like Letro going into a comp uh, to, to smash 32 through the floor to help with water. Uh, not a fan personally. Don't really see any real reason for Letro to ever really be needed. Um, the problem with an AI is that when you remove it, you get a rebound. So when you stop either Letro or Adex, your aromatized production will go into overdrive for a short period of time. Yeah. Generally, that doesn't cause two major problems, but it can hiccup a little bit if you're into a PCT situation because you're going to get a balloon in estrogen all of a sudden. Sure. Um, next on the line is aromacin uh, or exmustane, and that's a suicide inhibitor. Very similar to an AI, apart from it doesn't affect the production of aromatase, but it binds heavily with aromatase, okay. making aromatase inert. So the aromatase is still produced, but it's inactive. The positive side of that is that there's no rebound when you remove it because the body doesn't suddenly go into overdrive producing aromatase because it's never stopped producing it. And letrozole and ADEX lower HDL, whereas aromacin doesn't affect HDL. Yeah. And then we're into a CIRMs, selective estrogen receptor modulators. So a CIRM will block certain estrogen receptors and act as an agonist. Um, sorry, an antagonist. And then it acts as an agonist at other receptors. In other words, means it promotes estrogen at other receptors. Hmm. So... CIRMs, particularly clomid and Novadex, are using PCT because they block the estrogen receptors at the pituitary and they block the estrogen receptors at the hypothalamus, causing the body to think hormones are incredibly low and thus increasing signal hormones. Uh, but what people might not realize is that they actually promote estrogen in the liver. Hmm. 
Um, and that helps with cholesterol management. So serums are quite useful in that sense in that they increase estrogen in areas where we need it while getting rid of it in our problem areas. Hmm. The other area that obviously Novodex is generally used for is to block the estrogen receptors at the nipple. Sure. Which obviously reduces the effects of gyno. Yeah. So they're your, your basics in a nutshell. Um, ADEX is probably the most popular. I'd agree. Uh, um, it's the most readily available. Uh, but even ADEX in a lot of cases can be too much. Hmm. If you're going to run ADEX, that's fine. You just need to make sure you keep an eye on HDL. Um, probably your next one on the list would be aromasin. Um, as in popularity, uh, aromasin struggles from availability quite often. It's not always the easiest drugs to get hold of. Um, but it, it's much, as it's less efficient than ADEX, it's easier to have a much finite control. Yeah. So with ADEX, you really got two choices, one milligram or half a milligram, i.e. half a tablet. That, that's pretty much your limitations to dosing on the lower end. Where with aromasin, because it's a 25 milligram tablet, you can go down 12.5 mig, you can go even lower. Yeah. Um, generally, it does come as 25 mig, but it can, can be found in lower doses. And you see more and more UGLs start to produce aromasin now as well. Absolutely. You do. It, it, it's, it seems to be having a bit of a resurgence in popularity as people have got more information from blood work. They're starting to realize how their HDLs are suffering and trying to. Uh, um, but think, also because it's not as harsh as ADEX, you can you can manage estrogen more finitely. I would agree. One of the, one of the problems, I, if I can jump in, Dave, I think on. that the yeah, sorry. the HDL thing, um, I I think that is a concern. But I do feel like to me, uh, HDL and estrogen control is kind of like the new got to protect my liver thing. It's something that everybody is becoming mm. hyper aware of. Uh, mm. and, and I think at times people are overdoing it because I see I've run into people who are not using any estrogen control on a cycle because they don't want to have a negative effect on their cholesterol. I've I've heard this before. You know, they're afraid to 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 keep that estrogen down because uh, they're you know, like I said, they're they, they, they've read or they've been told about the negative impacts of using an AI like a Remedex, you know, on cholesterol. Uh, so I think that is that is one of the things that it is getting to be more popular. I wanted to ask you, though, too, it, do you feel like you can control estrogen as well on aromasin as you can with arimidex? Because in my experience, I found that it was much more difficult to manage my uh, my estrogen um, on higher doses of gear. Uh, while using aromasin instead. Like, Arimidex just seemed like it was easier to cover. If I missed a dose of aromasin, all of a sudden I started noticing, like, sensitivities and stuff like that. I think the thing is with aromasin is because it's less impacting, um, especially on lower doses, it gives you more finite control. Okay. Because, so, just for a spitball numbers just to make it easy and these are no way reflective of how the drug works but let's say someone has in in uk speaking estrogen level of 200 mm -hmm. which is fairly elevated upper upper limits 140 ish 149 somewhere around there i can't remember exactly um so if they use adex 
it could well be that one type of ADEX is going to push them down to sub 100. Whereas aromasin might push them down by 50. So because of that, aromasin gives you more flexibility because like I said earlier with ADEX, you know, you can only go so low a dose with a dose. Yeah. Um, and it's still going to be very, very effective. So with aromacine, you, you, it's, it's definitely more versatile if you want subtle management of estrogen and you only want to knock it down a small amount or you, only, you know, you want to manage it more. But as, as doses get higher and estrogen gets higher, then unfortunately you need a more aggressive drug and that's where ADIC mm. steps in. Okay. So you, you would find, say, you're running a gram of test uh, and your estrogen is, is pushing high ADEX is going to bring it down very efficiently and very quickly, whereas aromacin, you might be messing around with a dose quite a bit before you get it down, and you're probably going to be taking multiple tablets over multiple days in order to be efficient enough. So for the lower doses, I'd go aromacin. For the higher doses, I'd go ADEX. Um, I'm with you. And maybe even a combination of the two. So hmm. you use your ADEX to remove the bulk of your estrogen problem, and then you use your aromacin to fine-tune that level so you get it exactly where you want it. Hmm. I've been able to do it with just the you know the one or the other, but I think you're, you're on to mm. something for sure. I think that in another thought, too, is yes, so aromadex uh, may be related to higher, or, you know, uh, let me put it the other way, aromacin could be related to improved cholesterol levels versus uh, Remedex being linked to worse. You know, if you're on your TRT, which that's the the vast majority of your year, I think that's a great time to use aromacin. But, you know, you mm. are you are taking health risks. There is an impact to anabolic steroid use. Uh, and, uh, and I feel personally that when you are getting into those higher doses, then, yeah, Remedex is going to give you much more control. Maybe off-season, too. There's another one. Off-season, when you don't need to manage estrogen quite as closely, aromasin, mm -hmm. and then contest prep. I don't like doing contest preps on, on aromasin. That's my personal take. That's been my experience, you know, coaching people over the years. Uh, and it's, it's, I, I likened it to this, that um, ADEX is the big, fat, broad chisel you use to start the sculpture sure and aromacin is the fine point chisel you use to get the detail in i could see that it gets to me and I, and I think we all have our own ways of doing things that to me sounds complicated to use both i can see how for somebody that was confident with doing it and that's the way they operated like if that's what you do i say more power to you well as the the, the problem is the if, so for argument's sake, let's just say for a simple argument's sake, you decide that for you, your best point to have your estrogen is around the 140. So it's around the top of the range. That's enough to balance with your testosterone, but not high enough that it starts giving you estrogen-related size, but it's high enough to support good cholesterol management, healthy joints, and the growth that estrogen can give you. Um, you might find that your your drug cycle at that point, so your testosterone at that point, is providing you with a estrogen level of 250. Okay. So I take half an ADEX, and it brings it down to 170. I know I need to get it a little bit lower, 
but I know if I take another half an ADEX, it's going to be too strong. It's going to push me too low. So that's when I would look at possibly putting aromacin alongside to just chip off that last little bit to get it where I want it, to sweet spot it. Gotcha. But that, com- that comes when you know how your body reacts to different levels. Yeah, and that's a huge point you right know? there. And everybody's body is going to be unique. You know, you mm. can you can look at like a basic protocol of, you know, 500 tests, a half a milligram of ADEX every other day, whatever somebody puts out there, anything you've read. But everybody has a really unique response to, first of all, they have a unique response to each drug. And then they also have a unique response to how fast they convert estrogen to, or excuse me, testosterone to estrogen. So there's a lot of like, there's a lot of factors in there, I think, that do make it super individual. The, the other thing is that body fat levels affect the rate of aromatase as well. There so you if you're faster in the off season, you're going to convert to estrogen faster than you are in, in a comp season when you're lean. Yeah. So all these factors play in and unfortunately is to a degree an element of trial and error. Absolutely. Um, and we go back to then the importance of bloods because if you don't know what effects these drugs are having on your numbers then you don't know where you are and it just stays guesswork where – once you know the effects the drugs are having on your numbers, then you know that what you're currently experiencing relates to these numbers, things at this these levels. Yeah. Um, and the more you do that, the more you build a picture of, of how your body responds and where your speeds are, sweet spots are numerically within the ranges. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that that, that that makes complete sense to me. Uh, I'm trying to kind of comb my brain. Is there anything else that we want to cover? about AIs, you know, we really didn't mention much about letrozole yet. I mean, uh, well, I think probably because it's so harsh that in most cases people don't need to go near it. I mean, there, there was a, I don't know if it's been the same in the States, but we did have a period of time in the UK where it was very popular to just smash estrogen through the floor. Sure. Oh, here too. Uh, And everybody was looking to just slam it to the ground and letrozole was very popular at that time. But, you, you know, estrogen is very important for growth. If you don't have estrogen high enough, you will restrict your ability to grow. Absolutely. Um, and you saw plenty of people running pretty hefty cycles, but because they were putting their estrogen to the floor, they just weren't getting any growth response whatsoever. Um, the other thing, as maybe not so much, well, I suppose it's estrogen management related, is there are definite sides that start to appear when estrogen is too low. Absolutely. I mean, in the same this, the same way when we get estrogen too high, we get um, erectile problems. We get the same issue when estrogen is too low. But we can also start seeing eyesight problems when estrogen is too low. Oh, really? I didn't know about so, that. So, yeah, yeah. The, one of the side effects of Novadex, if you take too much, is the fact that you will start having vision issues because Novadex blocks the receptors in the eye. Hmm. I know that one of the side effects uh, of Clomid is, is related to that, too. In fact, I remember mm. using it on a PCT and seeing trails in the evening, like from a light. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, so they weren't drugs you were taking. Them. I don't know. Yeah, they were these little skull-shaped clomid. They were, blue, <laughs> <laughs> they were all rainbow colors. It was, it was good clomid. But yeah, so each, each, you know, oversuppression of estrogen can affect your eyesight. Obviously, it can affect your joint health as well. Yeah. Um, but Letro, I've seen people use it very effectively 
in a short, sharp blast to to lower gyno issues or an elevate, you know, a, a flare up in gyno. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but you've just got to be really aware that you can crash your levels with with Letro. So it, it's definitely not a drug you you want to be messing with too much. There was um, a few guys years ago that were producing. Are you, texting, a, um, are you texting at the same time while you're I've, trying to talk, Dave? I I have to give an address to somebody. Oh, well, then stop talking. You realize we can both talk. You can turn it over to me. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, you... You've... I did pull up a, a piece of information here, and I think this is a factor with Letrozole. Uh, Half-Life is... It says three to four days on my quick Google search. I don't know exactly what it is. Uh, I found that people who use Letro... Uh, don't get the immediate result they want if they are having an estrogen issue. And so they keep hammering it every day. If you're taking 2.5 milligrams of Letro every day and it has a three to four day half-life, two weeks later, your estrogen is going to be in a completely different place. And when I say different place, it's going to be like zero. I don't care where you were before. Mm. Uh, And for that reason, I think that because of that, the, the the way that it works, it is harder to manage just because you got to really know what you need. And then if you want to change it, it's going to take a, a week or two before you get to to where the next level is after you've changed the dose. It's very much a sledgehammer. Yeah, yeah. Very much a sledgehammer. Uh, but I, I, there was a trend for microdosing it for a while. Mm. And they used, you used to see a couple of oral uh, f- spray. Yeah. Uh, Letrozoles. Okay. around but that seems to have gone by the wayside um i i'm i think the problem letrozole has its use occasionally but i do think it's generally overused yeah um and i think in most cases it's not necessary there will be people and i have come across people that aromatase at horrific rates or are extremely sensitive to estrogen sides uh, and they have had a need to run Letro, but it's not very common. It's very, very rare. Okay. Well, listen, let's wrap this segment up. Uh, your screen's starting to clear up. Uh, you were getting real foggy there for a minute. Uh, I think we're good there, though. Uh, if you guys have any further questions on AIs, obviously this is something we could talk about for a really long time and and not cover everything. Uh, but we did have a new segment here, another segment. This, I think, is a first. We have a cr- uh, physique critique. Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for watching another podcast here at Think Big Bodybuilding Media. And thank you to our great sponsor, TrueNutrition.com, for making this all possible. TrueNutrition.com is owned by Dante Trudell, the creator of DC Training. He wanted to create a supplement company that offered high-quality third-party tested supplements at a fair price. High-quality protein powders, just about every type you could think of. Huge variety of flavors, plus health and performance supplements. Check them out, TrueNutrition.com. And hey, if you use our code ADVICES, you directly support our podcasting. Thanks, guys. Let's get back to the program. This, I think, is a first. We have a a physique critique, actually. And this comes to us from one of our Patreon members. And actually, I wanted to give a shout out to everybody who is supporting us through Patreon. Uh, Right now, we have nine Patreon uh, subscribers, which I appreciate you guys very much. Uh, Casey, Chris, Chris K. Then we have Chris with a K, 
We have Tanner. We have Just Chris, Dallas, Andrew, Jasper, and Cool Dude. So thank you guys very much. And without further ado, we are going to pull these pictures up. So this is one of our guys who watch us on YouTube. And I'm going to put that front double bicep up. And I also then want to put up this more or less like most muscular shot that he posted. So let's start to give you an idea of his mass of his uh, uh, level of muscularity. There's a start. And then here is uh, in, in with his arms in the down position. And conditions not bad from here. Let's go to I got a couple more shots. I'll bring the first one back up. Here is a rear double bicep. Oops. Not the best angle. Yeah, yeah, you, you can get the idea. And then here is a, uh, let's see, he's got kind of like, it's not really a lat spread, but he's just kind of like flexing. He's hitting his low back. He's got some nasty little uh, lumbars in there too, man, popping out. So... Which picture do you want me to bring back up first, Dave? We'll start with the front. We got the front double and the most muscular. Mm -hmm. Front double. All right, here we go. Front double is this one. Bring it up here so we can see his legs too. Well, that was going to be the first comment. Legs look to be a little bit behind. It's hard to tell sometimes because the picture does seem to be angled downward just a little bit. Yeah. But usually if a guy has really strong legs, he makes sure that they look good. You know what I mean? In the picture. Uh, there's, there's, there's very, there looks to be very little sweep. Um, legs well, in general do look to be undersized. Before you go there, the, the way that I've been taught to critique, and if you ever do a contest, uh, they always start with the positive stuff because you don't want to just meet someone out the gate and be like, Hey, your calves are shit. Have a nice day. You want to tell them like, what's good. So what, what do you think here yeah. is, is a start? And I'll, I'll share my thoughts too. I was going to go on good stuff as well. It wasn't all going to be <laughs> negative. Dave, you're in a bad mood today. I know you are. You're going to take it all out on this poor guy. I know you were, I know you Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I am in a bad mood today, but uh, I'm I, trying to behave. He ha he has nice hair. Dick. You're <laughs> such a dick. No, I mean, condition's quite good. Um, you know, and it becomes even more so in other pictures. Certainly the rear shots, the condition looks really good. Um, he looks to have some decent upper thickness. Absolutely. Biceps look good, though he does look to favor his right. Yeah. Maybe he needs to use his left arm more when he's doing that five-fingered shuffle, and it might even him up a bit. My mom is watching um, today, by the way. Hi, Mum. Tries on that pick do look to be lagging behind biceps, but that could be arm angles that's throwing that. Um, if he's a bit too tilted forward with the with the arm, it will obviously accentuate the bicep and, and minimize the try. Uh, as a front shot, 
He looks thick in the chest. There looks to be a little bit of gyno or, or fat around the nipple area. Um, his lacs need more hang from the front. I'd say he's 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 a bit he's definitely weak from the front with the lat. There's there's no real hang or belly to the lat. Um, otherwise. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he looks uh, quite. He looks to be carrying some decent thickness. He looks. That's what I was going to lead mouth. with. I was going to lead with that. I feel like he has some pretty good density here overall. Hmm. You know, uh, especially in this particular shot. Uh, you know, biceps look good. A lot of times, you know, biceps are going to be something that are genetic. But even if you don't have like great peaks. The more mass you can put on your arm, the better the arm is going to look, obviously. The better any muscle is going to look with more density. But, you know, he's he's got some decent peaks here, uh, and he is fairly lean. It looks like he's holding, mm -hmm. you know, some loose skin. He uh, was, you know, heavier in the past. Uh, the longer he can stay lean, the more that skin is going to keep tightening up. Um, mm -hmm. I would agree that when I look at this pose, I feel like, bicep excuse me i'm going to start with uh forearms biceps pecs are all really solid uh and, and then from there if i were to improve anything it would be probably lats and and maybe too part of that could even be a, a, mat, a matter of posing a little bit differently mm -hmm. you know sometimes yeah. we tend to kind of like pinch back squeeze back more Instead of flaring that lat, I know they can't see me, but flaring the lat out more. So the, he may be able to improve that a little bit, but I would agree. Uh, lats would probably be where I'd go. Um, and then legs, you know, you just more, probably more density, I guess I'd say, you know. You'd mentioned legs before. We didn't get, you didn't get down to them yet. I, I jumped in. Well, it's when you look at the, when you look at the right leg, there looks to be some reasonable development around the kneecap. But when you look at the left leg, there looks to be very little sweep on the outside edge of that left leg. I think it's the uh, I think it's the the angles we're looking at. Possibly, yeah. But um, I, I do think that compared to the thickness of his upper body, his legs are definitely not in in balance. Okay, let's throw up that other front pose while we got him from the front here. Um, I think I I would say that would be the only thing I would not agree with, and maybe we can see it on this shot with his legs. Uh, let me bring this up a little bit higher. I, it's hard to tell now because I can't see his feet, but it does look like his right leg is probably turned out, uh, so you can't see that sweep. I think as far as leg development goes, uh, maybe more inner thigh. I think that maybe adductor, if you can bring that that density up through the inner thigh. Like that's what Tom Platt's legs made him look so dense. I mean, obviously he was, his entire leg was huge, but I mean, half of that thing was that nasty adductor. Uh, if he could bring those adductors up, I think that that would be to his benefit. From this pose, good thickness in the chest, particularly upper pec. Upper pec looks really dense. Yeah. Again, we've got this, this, fat deposit around the nipple which is is more apparent in this pose sure um traps it may be the pose but traps do look noticeably light 
Um, and I, th I think that the Delta in general could just do with some more fullness and, and overall mass to give him a better cap and, and, and roundness on the, the, the delts. Um, the front delt pretty much just merges into the, the upper peck and, and sort of loses itself there because the upper peck is definitely developed very, very well, almost to a point where it's possibly overshadowing the front delts a little bit, which is rare, actually. You usually find it the other way around. I'm like that. Um, I'm like that because of my uh, bicep tendon issues. So mm. I have my lateral delts are more prominent and then my chest is more prominent and my front delt isn't, it's not like a standout for me. If I get lean, like if you were to get leaner, then you'll start to see more separation. Uh, but I, I can, I can see that for sure. It could be, it could be related to, you know, how he's training just like me. Um, again, the tricep looks to lack in this pose. Um, I, I personally, I'm, I'm a great believer in, you know, the, the tricep is two-thirds of the arm mass and it should look like two-thirds of the arm mass. Um, I know there's been a bit of a trend towards the proportions of bice to try to be more bi-dominant over the previous years, but uh, I don't think it looks quite right. Um, if you have a thick tricep, you have a thick arm, basically. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, um, I mean, he's definitely got some good upper, upper pec density and some good chest density anyway. Yeah. Abs look quite well developed. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't look to be too far off them being quite defined either. Yeah. I, I would say uh, pecs are probably his strongest point uh, from the front like this with his arms down. Uh, it sucks to have that loose skin. In fact, uh, he was one of the he was the guy who asked us about loose skin a few episodes ago. Uh, just to give you a little bit of feedback. He said he was very obese in his 20s and 30s. He's 36 now. Uh, he's been training for four years. Um, you know, it, it is a tough go when you do have that loose skin. But like we were saying before, we, and we've already talked about that, you know, the longer you go, the uh, without the fat there, the better that'll tighten up. Um, I mean, that, that could be what's going on around a nipple. It could be the fact that it's excess skin rather than actually anything else. Absolutely. Move on to the back shots here. We'll start with that rear double bicep. Whoops. When you turn around, this is the shot that everybody wants to see. Let's move, swap these out. There we go. So, dude, his lats look a lot better from behind. They do, but they do still look a little bit undeveloped in the lower lap. Okay. Yeah. So, low, getting um, more into that density you, and low lat exercises. If you if you look on the right hand side and you can't I can't point obviously because people can't see me pointing at the screen but um, you'll see how it, it it shallows in when he could really have it hanging down much much more yeah much, much thickness there uh, hamstrings do look to be behind um, delts. Look fairly balanced in there, to be honest. Yeah. Um, it may have been the pose in that front yeah, It shot. could be. It can be, yeah. Yeah. Again, we're back onto triceps. I, I think, in general, triceps do. It's not the poses with the triceps. I do think the triceps do need to come up quite substantially. I would agree. Triceps. Uh, and his arm would look like it, this is, this is a, I think, a stronger pose for him. This looks good mm -hmm. with, with some more um, 
practice with posing and maybe some tweaks, I think it could look even better. Uh, but if he were to have that tricep you're talking about, that would really, really make him look even stronger then. Mm. Uh, did say that the ham and, and the, the calf uh, don't look the best. Um, and normally calves are, are, are quite quick to come in lean when everything else is coming in. So, so I would, it would suggest that they are a little bit underdeveloped as well. Uh, but it's a it's, it's a good pose for him. It definitely is, and and he's got some strong points in there. Okay. Uh, mid tra- mid trap looks good. Yeah. Lower back looks good. Delts look fine. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of breaking everything down. We're talking about here. I think uh, it, it, tricep for sure. You know, being something that you could really see it more from the other poses. In my opinion, that would be a great thing to work on. And then just the overall leg density, get the hamstrings up. I think hams are, uh, they can be a tougher one for people to build at times. And then, of course, the the back. If he can, I feel like the back width isn't, isn't a bad thing considering where he's at right now and his level of development. And like I said, he's been training for four years. Uh, but definitely like more density to his back overall. And then I think the lats mm-hmm. are going to take care of themselves with that. I mean, for four years of training, that that's good progress. I've seen people train a lot longer and develop a lot less. That's true. His lats are a little high too, so that's going to be something mm. you know in his genetics that he can't help. But there have been a lot of great bodybuilders with higher lats. Uh, you know, there's a there's a give and a take. If your lats are higher, then your waist can look smaller. If your lats are lower, your lat your back can look wider. But then some a lot of those guys have a more trouble i think uh with with you know keeping the waist smaller or looking small when like a kai mm-hmm. green they attach down at his trunks basically they they attach at his fucking ankles yeah <laughs> he has such low insertions on his lats it's unreal i'd be curious to know um when he's training when he's doing a row movement i'd be curious to know what's contracting you know, that's the kind of thing where with my clients, I like to see video of them doing the exercises that will develop these areas and see, because I like I, one guy, and I won't say his name to put him on the spot, but he knows who he is. Uh, when I look at his back, it's like everything, I'm going to get rid of this for a minute. Everything up top has like a lot of density to it through the traps and the upper back, but then the lower back, it, you know, it's lacking. And then I've seen some of his movements and when he's rowing, he's kind of like rowing to the upper back. When he's doing a seated cable row, he's leaning way back and he's pulling to the mm. upper back. I wonder, you know, what can he do? Because whatever he's done, it's been like, okay, that's the formula to get, you know, this result. Mm. What can he do to now get, you know, the results in other areas that he wants? And here's his uh, hitting the Christmas tree. It's all lighting up, man. Yeah, his it's, it's, it's fat level on his lower back's um, very low in comparison to the rest of him. Yeah. yeah, And I think that that goes to show, too, you know, the, the, the amount of loose skin that he's had. If it wasn't for that loose skin, uh, mm. he'd probably look, you know, pretty tight right now. It's a, It sucks, man, you know, when you've got these limitations that hold you back, you know. 
Oh, he's done really, really well. Yeah. Um, you, there's no denying the progress. He's he's very brave in getting us to critique. Yes. Uh, hopefully, we haven't been too too cruel. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, no, I mean, there's there's definitely a solid foundation there. We've got. It looks like our um, our live feed. We aren't getting the names of the people, so just the comments themselves are coming up for the time being. I'm sure that we'll get. I just got a new update, so I'm sure that that'll get fixed eventually. Uh, regardless, Dave, we got a couple of listener questions. What do you say we tackle those? Okay. I see you got the cabbage. We didn't even bring him up today. He's hiding in the corner today. Yeah. You all right? He doesn't like. He doesn't like you. You all right today, Dave? You seem a little. Uh, I know you're. I know you're. You're stressed with work. You got some things going on in the background you're trying to sort with. You good? I'm good. I am just uber, uber wound up at the moment. Um, yeah. Frustrated. Very frustrated. It's going to be an incredibly late night tonight. All right. Well, in that case, let's just make sure <sighs> what we have. We'll get Dave out of here. I, I do I do apologize, people. I'm sorry for being a grumpy arsehole. Um I just had a load of shit in the fan literally about 10 minutes before we were going to go on air. Nothing that can't be sorted, but it's just a, a lot of work to get it fixed. Right. And it's nothing that I've done wrong for a change either, <laughs> which, makes a, which, which makes a difference. Um, but, yeah, it's just turned into – it's like Tuesdays are always heavy days anyway, but it's it's going to be a – Well, let's talk about it. We could uh, always do the show another day if that's if that's better. No, 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 no. It's, it's fine. I apologize. Uh, come on. Let's uh, – Right. Let's get done. Ooh, when I said that, somebody said Dave looks unhappy. Guys, it's our job. We got to cheer Dave, Dave up today. Dave, Dave is not unhappy as such. He, he's just troubled. This will cheer you up. This is a comment. So he did get the YouTube out late, so I can't pull questions from it this week. Uh, although, guys, if you do want to share your questions, post them up in the YouTube uh, comments, and we will take them. So last week, uh, we talked about uh, reasons Anavar could cause bloating, and I had a long list of reasons, including uh, swelling of the uterus due to increased blood flow. And we got this comment. Dave's uterus started cramping when you pulled out that list. <laughs> I thought that was good. And then you wonder why I'm in a shitty mood. <laughs> All right. We've got a question here, and I think this is one we kind of touched on before. Uh, this is from the uh, the Think Big Bodybuilding Media private group. You guys are welcome to join uh, from Brad. He says, uh, maybe this has already been answered, but do 19 North steroids have an effect on the brain on brain health like serotonin, dopamine, norepinephrine? Uh, I noticed that when I run these drugs for 12 weeks, I started getting more impulsive. Uh, whereas when I run DHT drugs or test, I do not encounter these issues. Seems trend is the worst, followed by natural and phenylpropanate. And lastly, DECA. Absolutely love all the podcasts. Uh, listen to them all. Thanks, Brad. In short, yes. Yeah. Um, Nandrolones affect dopamine transport proteins. They are also being shown to... Uh, alter our risk perception um, uh, and things like that. So, yes, uh, effectively, the 
Nandrolones are the worst for it because of their high binding affinity. So they impact more receptors. Um, and I don't mean as in steroid receptors. I mean, they impact more non-steroidal receptors. Uh, mm. And that's where the problems start to come from. And that's where, and Tren is, is the worst of all for doing it. So Tren binds with all sorts of weird and wonderful receptors, um, not just androgen receptors. And that's why it's so impacting in side effects and, and particularly in the mental health side of things with anxiety and, and paranoia and sleep and stuff like that. Hmm. Um, and obviously Decker's follows closely behind. Decker has a very high binding affinity as well. Um, Decker affects uh, protein, um, dopamine protein, uh, transport proteins. So you have an effect there. We've talked about it in the past about how DECA lessens the impact of recreational drugs. Yes. Because of its, because of its impact on these transport proteins. Uh, DECA also affects memory. Um, it affects the, the neuropeptide Y, which uh, causes a, um, an issue within short to long-term transfer, which is why I struggle to mem- remember things and genuinely why my memory is so fucking shit because of the huge amount of decor I have used over the years. Um, So, yes, in short, you're right, they do. (laughs) I mean, I think it's something that that a lot of people forget to actually do is just listen to their own bodies Mm. and you get a pretty good indication of what's going on if you are aware of what your body does. Yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of us live busy lifestyles and we don't have the time to sit and think and realize, oh, well, hang on a minute, this has changed or that has changed because we're too busy trying to deal with the, the day that's ahead of us. Yeah. Um, but if you are in tune with yourself, you, you will notice a lot of the sides from these drugs anecdotally um, yeah. and, and it becomes very apparent of how they're affecting you. I agree. We did uh, a whole podcast a while back. If I can find that, I will uh, link that in the video here. Um, We talked about the research uh, that Astrid Bjornik did in Oslo. um, and, And basically they were measuring brain age. And they found that they took a bunch of steroid users and they took a bunch of non steroid users and they found that uh, the there was a larger gap in brain age for those who were anabolic steroid users. So it is something to definitely keep in mind and, and be aware of that there are changes and it has been documented. They've they've done some very long term studies. Well, not very long, but relatively long term studies as well on steroid users and the changes in their brains over two, three, four years of use. Um, okay. So they've they've shown changes in the physical structure of the amygdala, which is basically our emotional control center. I don't know. I, I should have sent you the link to this. There's been a, a, a study as such on somebody, and I'm surprised this has never happened before, actually, on somebody who has assaulted somebody and has claimed that it's down to Trembolone. Holy shit. Yeah, I'm surprised that and hasn't happened I'm, before either. I, I'm surprised nobody's used that as a defense before um, because there's plenty of science to back up that that is very, very viable. They may have more um, of a case, too, in the U.K. because here mm-hmm. it's a it's a highly scheduled drug. Uh, 
if you were to do that, then it, your case would be just like if you went crazy taking angel dust or something versus over there, yeah. it's like you can kind of quasi have this and use it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm, there's, I've seen a few cases where police have surmised there may be a link, but the, the users never actually tried it as a defense. Uh, but i I think it'll only be a matter of time before somebody does. Okay. Um, and having spoke to trend users at great length about violent episodes and outbreak, and there is there is definitely some very unusual behaviour manifested in people when on trend. Okay. We have two questions here. Um, these are in the live feed, and like I said, there's some sort of flaw going on, so I can't uh, see or post who it actually is that is asking, but uh, we still got your question nonetheless. Um, I like this. I have a stuff question. So not a drugs question, but a stuff question. Uh, what do you guys do aside from a CPAP to help bridge the space between your shoulders and neck? Oh, what is it? He, he said he cleared that up. What do you do for sleep uh, besides use a CPAP? Basically, how do you bridge the space between your shoulders and neck? Any special pillows? No, just our pillows. Um, I've never. I've, the only thing I did have uh, at my biggest was I had a six foot pillow. Okay. That I used to run down the length of my body and put my legs either side of it. Did it have like a bear's it. face and a bear's arms and feet on it? No, no, it wasn't a teddy bear. Okay, I just was checking. I was just checking. No, no. No, I used to. I, so I used to use that to make sleep more comfortable because I tend to sleep in um, sort of half on my side, one leg up, one leg down, and I found it was uncomfortable. So once I put the pillow lifting my bent leg up off the bed, it made it much more comfortable. Okay. Hey, I think I figured something out here. I, I figured a little tweak out. I don't have anything to add to that. Um, I'm more of a stomach sleeper, turn the head to the side type thing. Uh, I roll around though. Check this out. I think we can make this question fly out. Let's see if it works. Boom. How, look at that shit. Look at that shit, Dave. Look at, I'm going to put another one back in. Look at, I'm going to bring it back easily, in. E easily pleased. Bring it back in. Look at that shit. Hey guys, welcome back to your professional podcast. I'm Scott, a professional podcaster, with my friend Dave, professional podcaster. Watch this shit fly out. Boom. You're watching a show. It is very rare the word professional and my name get muttered in the same sentence. It just happened like 18 times in that last sentence alone. Uh, unless it's followed by professional knobhead or professional wanker or something of that description. Generally, professional does not get mixed with my name. All right, here's another one for us. This actually relates to our initial topic, uh, and then we have one more after that. Um, do you ever see where people need to increase aromatization? Strangely enough, I had a set of bloods come back today, um, and their estrogen is incredibly low. Um, they're not using AI, and there's no explanation for it as it stands. Um we're going to do a secondary test just to double-check estrogen, uh, but 
if that comes back at the same level, then this would be a case where someone would need to increase the rate at which they're aromatizing. Okay. There has been a few cases where long-term use of AIs has permanently disrupted aromatase production. Hmm. It's rare, as as far as I understand it, it's not common. Yeah, no, uh, that's crazy. But yeah, there, there is in the same way as we've we've had a, a cases of finasteride permanently disrupting five alpha reductase. Yeah. Um, apparently there has been a couple of cases of permanent aromatase downregulation. Hmm. Um, I don't know any more about it. I've never actually seen the full studies. It was a passing thing. Uh, but I do believe that it is quite rare. Um, but so yes, there, there will be cases where estrogen is too low naturally. Uh, and there are those that naturally have issues with estrogen. Uh, sure. Development anyway. That was Walter, um, so by the way, who asked the stuff question. Boom, I'm going to fly was that it? one in. And also, we got another comment that I'd like to share. Professionals, that's us, Dave. One more. No, no, it's not. So, this one uh, is an actual question. Uh, would it be beneficial to add EQ or A bombs? A bombs in the house to a stack of test 650 and MPP 350. Uh, was going to ask about Tren, but I know Dave is not a fan. Uh, been eating like a beast with uh, and a di- bit disappointed in the little bit of size I have put on. I am leaner and way more vascular. Uh, start show prep in a month. Remember, I am in an old codger of 63, but I act like I'm 22. That's the steroids and the mental age thing going on, I think. No. Uh, yeah. um, I'd be more tempted just to bring the MPP higher. Yeah? Mm. But, I mean, if you're leaning up, eat more. Yeah. Because, obviously, if you're leaning up, then you're in a calorie deficit for your, your current condition. Maybe not your current muscle mass, but your current condition. So... If you were looking for more bulk bulk, then um, the only answer there is eat more because obviously you're not eating enough, which is why you're leaning up. Yep. But I, I'd be tempted to increase the MPP. Yeah. I don't think, uh, let's put it this way. I think the food thing, you're nailing something. Adding more drugs to a plan that isn't allowing you to grow, nutritional to a nutrition plan that isn't allowing you to grow uh, probably isn't going to be the answer, you know. If you were no. to increase something, I think you're, you know, you make a good point. MPP would be a good move, but uh, yeah, I'd try to eat more food, it, and it may be different food. I'd also be a little bit reluctant to bring a bombs in if you're not gaining mass on your current food intake. The risk of damaging your appetite from uh. the a bombs is, I don't think, probably worth it. Yeah. Because you're going to have to look at increasing your food intake as it is. Um, and if you're already at your limit for food intake, then it's probably going to be a case of sneaking in liquid calories in places where you may not think you could. That would make sense. Any closing words for the show today, David? Do you feel better? Than I apologize. You Do you feel better than when you started the program today? Feel a little less stress? Mm, not really, no, because it's now got to be all dealt with no no i'm sorry um but i do 
apologize um, for my lack of professionalism. I've probably got uh, two days' work ahead of me to sort this problem out. Mm. Well, I look forward to not talking to you until next week when everything's back and it's running smooth. Oh, and it's nothing I've done wrong. Oh, we're losing Dave. Like yes, hell. yes. Uh, good luck, Dave. Nah, back. No, good. No. Uh, all right. Uh, well, since everything's all breaking up, this is a great time to bring this comment back <laughs> in. Professionals. We appreciate you guys watching. Uh, of course, go over to crosslands.org.uk. You can reach out to Dave there. You can hit me up, McNallyDiets at gmail.com. Uh, check out our great sponsor, truenutrition.com. Current code is still advices, but I'm going to work on seeing if we can get something for the new network because you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on SoundCloud. Soon we'll be on iTunes. Uh, look for Think Big Bodybuilding. And of course, guys, we appreciate all your love at YouTube. If you haven't subscribed, we're going to be here every week along with uh, it's just bodybuilding and uh, muscle minds and blood, sweat and gear. We'll be happy to have you guys along for everything. Thanks a lot, guys. And David... Chip, chip, cheerio, my friend.